Takes is a podcast from BCA Research, informing investors with straightforward, actionable analysis of macro and market events. Hi there, and welcome to the Quick Takes podcast. I'm your host, Rakaya Ibrahim, strategist at BCA Research. It's an exciting time to be a BCA Research client. Earlier this week, BCA Research introduced the firm's first ever dedicated private markets and alternative strategy service. This new service provides clients with analysis across private equity, private credit, hedge funds, and real estate. And it's being led by Chief Strategist Brian Payne, who joined BCA Research with over a decade of experience in alternative investments. So this week, I caught up with Brian to discuss his approach with the new service, how it fits into clients' investment process, and some of his views across private markets and alternatives. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. Thanks for taking the time to chat today. Thank you, Rakai. It's a pleasure being on. So, Brian, as the chief strategist of the new private markets and alternative strategy service, tell us a bit about this service, what makes it unique, and tell us a bit about yourself, your own background and experiences, and how they play into your approach with the new service. Absolutely. So I'd make four points on what makes this strategy unique. First being independent. Everyone knows BCA is an independent research firm. We don't care if capital goes in or out of private equity. We don't care if capital goes in and out of real estate, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have any skin in the game. And that's very important when doing the analysis that we do. Second, empirical. A lot of the research out there struggles with collecting the right data points per se. Uh, this has been quite a challenge for us as well in terms of aggregating all different data sources, given the methodologies, et cetera. We've come a long way, but it's always a huge priority for us. But we make sure we're doing our analysis based on data and valid data. Third, we would point to is the forward looking aspect of it. A lot of research out there is just a bit more commentary what's happened before. And, and that's good. But there's nothing more important than this point going forward. And that's what we do with this service, similar to the rest of BCA. And then lastly, it's portfolio management focused. Uh, providing this type of research, particularly for the clients we're doing this for, there's nothing more important than doing it from a practical manner. Meaning, if I'm providing that type of research over a one to two year horizon for, say, private equity, well, what is an institution or what is a large investor going to be able to do with that? We don't invest in private markets over that time frame, so we make sure we're aligned with that time frame given the assets we're working with. And then second, within that, that same vertical, is it's not a long short framework. You're not shorting these assets. It's really where that next dollar is going. And that's what we call the marginal dollar. So that's what makes this service fairly unique in the marketplace. In terms of my background, it's also somewhat unique as well. I'm on my fourth role and I've seen the alternative investment universe, particularly from four different lenses, obviously with BC on the independent research side, but I started on the wealth management side or consultant working with you know RIAs being high net worth, ultra high net worth, they have different types of needs. Their constraints are a little bit different than say a sovereign wealth plan. I then went to the direct buy side for a global macro fund where I was doing research and trading. Very unique experience. You're operating across all these asset classes. Granted, they are liquid, but you understand what drives these asset classes, what timeframes they operate on, what factors are most important. And then thirdly, and most importantly, is my more recent role before I joined BCA was 
for a large uh, public pension fund in the U.S. where I managed uh, one of the five portfolios, which was called Diversifying Strategies. And it housed all of these asset classes that we cover in varying forms. But I also, given the focus of diversifying the rest of the plan, spent a lot of time at the asset allocation level understanding, okay, where should the next dollar be going, not only within my portfolio, but is there a better opportunity other folks' portfolio for that next dollar to be invested? Brian, you've emphasized a forward-looking analysis, and of course, that's embedded in BCA's DNA. So on that point, when you're assessing the outlook for the various asset classes within PMA, how does your view of the macroeconomic landscape and outlook, as well as your bottom-up analysis, play into your recommendations? And what are the dominant forces that you think will be driving the performance? So it's a very healthy mix of both top-down and bottom-up. However, as we state in our DDQ, it is a bit more bottom up. These are very idiosyncratic markets, very unique, very, uh, the structuring is, is quite unique because it is bilateral for most of the part um, to a degree. So the bottom up drives a little bit more. The top down is a very important element, which I think a lot of folks struggle with in bringing these two together, which makes this service fairly unique. The top down, however, is the environment those folks are playing in, you know, for example, growth equity. In private equity, it's a growth type asset. What's the environments that, that that's going through? So it has its fundamental characteristics, which are a real driving force, but it also has the macro going, you know, on a forward going basis, the top down. What does growth look like going forward? Are we getting in more of that growth type environment? How does inflation impact that growth type environment? How will that ultimately impact growth equity and those fundamentals on a going forward basis? So that's that's one example. To get a bit more specific on the macro side of things, we're a little bit different and more unique for some of the other BCA strategies that are operating maybe 6, 12, 18 months out. We do want to understand that. We do understand where the Fed's going, how they're reacting to certain things such as growth and inflation. However, because of our time horizon looking five, six, even longer out, we really want to understand what is that environment going to look like over that time frame. So the Fed is important, but we really spend a bit more time on growth and inflation. We do a lot of historical analysis to understand at this starting point going forward, what is typical of the growth and inflation environment, maybe in that five, six, seven year time frame. So that's how we combine both of these to really you know, get our conclusions and come up with okay, what is most attractive at this point and what will that probably look like over our time horizon five to six years? And on that question, in terms of what is most attractive going forward, let's delve a bit into your recommendations. You recently prepared a special report on private credit in which you argue that it's an asset class within PMA that has a more favorable outlook. So what are some of the tailwinds that you expect will contribute to creating a positive backdrop for private credit? Maybe I'll start with the top down here. Uh, we talk about, you know, the business cycle. So one of the things that's developed over uh, really since 2022 is the challenges with lending, not only the increase in costs, but the access to lending. So credit is just not as easily available as it was previously, really what we'd characterize over the past 10, 15 years post GFC. So lending is extremely tight. And when we do our analysis and look you know, out from this starting point going forward. Well, we do think there's a good possibility there's a recession. That's a really difficult thing to call. We'll let the other strategists, uh, you know, argue about day to day. And we, we love hearing, you know, their views in terms of what that may look like. 
But when we look at where credit gets real tight, which is the current situation, the starting point is extremely optimal for private credit. And what we do is we compare it to private equity. A lot of times those are compared together, held by both teams. Usually that's the decision. If you're a big institution, should we be going more into credit versus equity, particularly in the private markets? And it looks like a very opportune time from that standpoint, particularly when credit is tight. And then we look at the inverted yield curve. We look at steepening versus flattening because that also holds you know, a lot of top down forward looking analysis within it. And those also give us the green light that over the coming five, seven years, et cetera, that we see private credit has a pretty fertile backdrop, especially relative to growth assets. So that gives us indication that it's a pretty good time to be lenders of capital. So then the second point we make is somewhat similar to that is we call it negotiating leverage or the bargaining power of lenders. As I stated before, credit was extremely available, extremely loose for a good 10, 15 years. And because of that, growth assets have endured a pretty, pretty nice backdrop uh, from a price appreciation standpoint. Now, because of where that's gone, because of credit's tightening, and we've seen that even more post Silicon Valley Bank and some of the other challenges there, that now when these growth managers that focus on growth assets, particularly private equity managers, venture capital managers, well, they need this capital to kind of get to that point to grow. They have capital for a good five to 10 years, but sometimes it's just not at a point where they're really hitting their, their growth trajectory. And sometimes they just need to float to get there as well as leverage is very important to the returns overall. And when you need that, and then it becomes very tight and very costly, the lenders are now in the position to really get the better terms. So for example, rates have gone up from, let's say five to 10%, credit's pretty tight. Okay, well, we'll provide capital at 10%. Maybe we do 10 to 11%, but hey, we also want what we'd call equity kickers in it. We want warrants, and this is a positive view we have in subordinated debt, particularly mezzanine financing, that those equity kickers, well, you give them that type of capital, you get the income back, you lower the income, it helps the borrower. The lender also has a potentially really good payoff in three, four, five years time if we do get to that point in the cycle where growth is really fertile again, and then those pay off. So then you get the asymmetry on the upside. So that negotiating leverage uh, is very apparent right now when credit's extremely tight. And then third and lastly, it's pretty simple. Yields have gone up. The expected return going forward is now in the double digits before you even put leverage on it. You know, let's say you're in senior debt, you're looking at LIBOR plus two, three hundred. Well, LIBOR was, you know, what, below one percent? Well, now it's kind of around five percent. So when you put that on top of five percent, you're looking at high singles. And then if you look in subordinated debt or you go down the capital structure a little bit more, those returns are really getting up to 12, 13, 14, 15 percent. Again, assuming there, you know, the limited default risk, there is risk with that. But the expected return now is significantly higher. And in our special report, we break it down by each component. But overall, the expected return going forward is much, much better than it was in prior periods. Thanks a lot for joining me today, Brian. I'm looking forward to reading more of your research and watching your webcasts. Thank you. Appreciate having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Quick Takes podcast. We'll be bringing you weekly quick takes with BCA strategists on a range of macro and market topics. Stay tuned for next week's episode.